Grace Church. My name is Edgar. I've been a member here for a couple years and have had the privilege to begin seminary courses under Pastor Mike. We desire to worship as a Christ-centered community intent on proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and sacrificially serving Jesus. If you're new at Grace, we're so glad you're here. Welcome. We'd love to meet you after service, and we have a welcome gift for you located on the plaza at the Welcome Center. Please stand for our call to worship. We will be reading from Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Thank you, Lord, for once more gathering your people by your arm into your house. Thank you that we no longer have to fear the decay of our bodies or the penalty of sin. For you are our strong tower, our redeemer, our almighty shadow. Amen. Amen. Would you please remain standing if you're able and let's worship together this morning.
hearts and be thou my vision. Be
God's word. We will be reading from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Our prayer focus this morning is Ashley Ortlip. Ashley is a member here and she is leaving shortly on a trip to serve with the baby home in South Africa alongside Bethany Ma. And so as she is away, please be praying for her. Let's pray. Lord, we were once those in whom the spirit of disobedience worked its power. We hid ourselves deeply from you. We stood condemned because you call yourself judge of the whole earth. But you, O oh God, are a God of forgiveness and wisdom and love. You granted vessels of clay the knowledge of Christ through the preaching of the cross. You forsook him, but you chose us. You wounded him, but healed us. You raised him from death, and you will raise us. Though the unclean cannot perceive your majesty, it is your splendor and your wonder and your might that shall go on forever. Lord, we are your little children, you, our strong father. But yet we struggle in our battle with the law of sin that lives in our physical members, our flesh. Purify us, Lord. Forgive your people for our sins and strengthen us in our inner being through the power of your spirit that we might be rooted firmly in the love of Christ. Restore our sweet fellowship with you this morning. For all your goodness and acts of loving kindness towards us, we are not able to repay you. For we are but dust and the pottery of your hands. And so we thank you. We thank you, Lord. God, please strengthen those sheep who are gathered here this morning who belong to you, who are persevering, the suffering of pain, the heat of trials, and the lack of any provisions. May they remember that you are like the wise farmer who crushes the grain in order to make
do not thresh it forever. Comfort them with your word and remind them that you stand with them and that in your presence there is unshakable joy. Lord, we lift up our sister Ashley to you. We ask that she would be filled with the fullness of God, the aroma of Christ, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. May those in whom she serves in South Africa never forget how they encountered you through one of your faithful ambassadors. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand once more if you're able and we'll continue singing.
grace towards us, Lord, that you would give your own son to live a sinless life and to take our penalty, Lord, that we do not have to experience your, your punishment, Lord, or separation from you, but that we can be brought once more into your presence, Lord. We just give you all the praise and thanks for the gift of your grace in Christ. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to receive your word this morning. Lord, it is through your word that we are drawn to you and we see Christ in all of his grace and glory. And so please open our eyes to your word this morning. We love you and we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We live in a culture in love with feats of strength and very unimpressed with displays of weakness. The strong seem to survive, the weak consumed. And yet, most Christians know and readily admit that the truth that they are weak, but God is strong. As Thomas Watson put it, we are but walking ashes, looking to the Almighty who gave us life. At the same time, we spend so much of our time and so much of our energy trying to make ourselves look or feel strong. And it's an odd dichotomy that God offers freedom from. So I'm preaching a sermon entitled, The Strength You Need. It will be in Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 6 and various other scriptures. It's a phrase I've repeated more often over the last year than any other. God will give you the strength you need. I don't know if you've caught that in many, many sermons. I see it firsthand daily, but I also saw it especially in Africa, when we were going with a team last February, I was sick prior to leaving. Uh, even up till the day we left, I was praying that I'd be able to get on the plane, that they would allow me to do so. And we kept reminding ourselves on that trip, our team kept reminding ourselves that God would give us the strength we needed every step of the way. And he does, we know that. So we're going to kick off the year right uh, trusting God for the strength we need. And so let's, let's pray for that. Lord, I pray that as we open your word, we would see wonderful things in it, that you would open our eyes to see your glories in, in the word. And I pray, Lord, that we would find our strength in you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So where do you... Where do you find uh, the strength to uh, go through life's battles? The tough times, the, the pits of life, the valleys of life. And, and, and what do you do with your weakness? Where does the strength to live the Christian life come from? So I want to take you back to something at the end of Ephesians 3 in this prayer that Paul prays for the church that forms the basis for the exhortations in Ephesians chapters 4, 5, and 6. He prays a prayer that is based on uh, the glories of God's sovereign grace in saving lost sinners. And he says in verse 16, For the church, he prays that God would grant them to be strengthened with power in their inner being by the Spirit of God. That's his prayer. 
And these new believers, they're facing a lot of difficulties. They're in an ungodly environment. They're, they're tempted to quit. Doesn't sound unfamiliar, right? And Paul prays that, that God would strengthen them with power by his spirit. You know, if you work out, maybe you have, you know, the New Year's resolution, I'm going to go to the gym every day, or I'm going to, you know, pump iron, I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to do resistance training, whatever it is you're going to do. And you, you might even uh, say, you know, wow, I broke my record, I was able to do this much, and I, I, I lifted this much, or what have you. And, or maybe you're going on a uh, backpack trip, and you want to get trained up, and so you, you put a, uh, a backpack on and put rocks in it and start walking every day to kind of get yourself ready. And it's interesting that those kind of things, they're quantifiable, they're measurable. You can, you can kind of figure those things out. But how do you quantify God's omnipotence? How do you quantify what it means to live in God's strength? That what, how, do you, how do you measure what does it mean to live in the strength of Almighty God? That's a tougher question. You know, we're, we're told in Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And all through Scripture, you see similar sentiments. In, in Psalm 46, God is our, our refuge and strength. In Psalm 105, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Or Isaiah, he says, God says, I will strengthen you. I will, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. Unquantifiable. Here we are, puny, without strength, and, and God preeminent, all-powerful. He, he holds the universe. He created the universe. He keeps the sun and the moon and the stars suspended in the air. He twice a day washes all the, the sands of every shore, on every, of every sea. He, he formed you in the womb. He sustains your life. He's good. He's great. He's strong. He knows all. He sees all. And he, if you're a believer today, he, he strengthens you. He knows you. He, he keeps you. And you're to live in his strength. But how? How do you figure that out? What does it mean to live in God's strength? So I want to approach it from the vantage point of where the strength comes from. Where the strength comes from for we who are so weak. You know, if you, if you run your hand upon something that gathers dust and you go like this, and I already did this first hour, so there's no dust on my finger now, but uh, you just go like this, and, and, you, and you see you go, there's dust. You're never going to tell yourself, well, I'm going to build a house out of this stuff. It's so strong. You never think dust is strong. You see a leaf on the ground, you, you don't... You don't think in any way, well, that leaf, wow, I'll build a house out of that. Get a whole bunch of those. Build a house out of leaves. Or, or you see a blade of grass. All of those things, they're, they're, they're weak. We're told in Scripture, all flesh is grass. We're, or we're dust. We wither, we blow away. And what you need to know today is the strength that you need doesn't come from yourself. It doesn't come from your mind. It doesn't come from you alone figuring it out. 
No, it comes from the Lord, through his word, in his church. That's where the strength comes from. And this is the way we're going to look, look at it today. It comes from the Lord through his word in his church. That's where you find the strength you need. The strength you need comes from God the Spirit, not the flesh. It comes through his word, not, not your mind. And it comes in his church, not alone. And we're going to follow that, that outline, those ideas. First, the strength you need comes from God, not you. It comes from God the Spirit. It doesn't come from the flesh. It comes from God, not self. The flesh, the scriptures tell us, profits nothing. In Ephesians 3.16, it says, Strengthen with power by his Spirit in your inner being. In 2 Samuel 22, David sings to God. And he says, God, you equipped me with strength for the battle You made those who rise against me sink under me. David didn't go bragging around saying, it was all of me, I I did it. He gave the credit to God. In Psalm 18, David sings to the Lord after God had delivered him from all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he says, Lord, I love you, Yahweh. You are my strength. And then he just keeps repeating himself. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. Picture a fort. A strong fort. He is my deliverer. He is my God. He is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield. The horn of my salvation. Strength. My stronghold. Literally my high tower. He says later in that psalm, For by you I run upon a troop. By you I leap over a wall. He says in Psalm 27, the Lord is the strength of my life. Yahweh is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Psalm 28, the Lord, Yahweh, is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. I am helped. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. The psalmist says in Psalm 144, I praise you, Yahweh, my mighty rock. Immovable. And then he says, you teach me how to fight my battles. You teach me. You start from the beginning of the Christian life. You have no strength to save yourself. Moses in Exodus 15 says, the Lord, Yahweh, is my strength, my song, and he has become my salvation. The psalmist says, come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. He only is my rock and my salvation. You don't have the strength to save yourself. Psalm 3, verse 8 says this, salvation is from the Lord. Literally, it belongs to him. It comes from him. In John chapter 1, it says, to all who believed in Christ's name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born, spiritually born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. In John 3, Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, Jesus said, that I said to you, you must be born again. Don't birth yourself spiritually. Spiritually. 
He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. That God imparts eternal life, that he initiates it, he brings it about. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to the Father unless he draws him. The Father draws you by his irresistible grace. Jesus goes on, he says, the Spirit gives life. The flesh is no help at all. You don't decide to get saved. The words I have spoken, Jesus said, are spirit and life. And then he says this, but some of you, you don't believe. And it says, parenthetically, it says, Jesus knew from the beginning who did not believe and who would betray him. He knows all things. He's all powerful. And then he repeats himself. He says, no one can come to me unless It is granted him by the Father. You need to get this part of the Christian life straight so that you don't think that you now do it on your own. If you think you got yourself saved, then you probably think you keep yourself saved. You need to know what the Westminster Shorter Catechism question 31 says. What is effectual calling? The idea of God drawing lost sinners to himself. What does that mean? You need to understand it. It is the work of God's Spirit convincing us of our sin and our misery and enlightening our minds in the knowledge of Christ and renewing our wills and persuading and enabling us to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered to us in the gospel. That's what it is. God all-powerful, He alone saves. And He takes those without life and without strength and gives life. As Ephesians 2 told us, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, but God, believer, God made you alive together with Christ. You need to know it. And if you're not a believer, you must know that you have no strength to save yourself. No strength at all. And you need to come to Christ now, You need to believe in his work on the cross, dying in your place for your sins, and and you need to come to him now or face eternal punishment in hell. That is the truth. Don't trust yourself. Trust God. Your soul must be tethered to Christ. It must be anchored in Christ. Whether you're soaring then on the highest heights or or sinking into the deepest depths, you're not going to be swayed by thoughts of your own goodness or or how bad you are. You're not going to be infatuated by your own success or overly crushed by your failures because the gospel of God's grace in Christ tells you that despite your undeserving depravity, His mercy holds back His wrath against your sin and his righteousness is exchanged for your filthy rags and that shapes your life and your identity and humbles you humbles your heart
You want to be a strong Christian? We talk about, well, so-and-so is a strong Christian. What does that mean to be a strong Christian? In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says, we do not war by the flesh. A strong Christian doesn't live in their own strength. You don't fight spiritual battles for souls in your strength. We are, we are powerless to rescue anyone from Satan's grip, from Satan's captivity, from Satan's deception, and bring them to Christ. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. And when you are in Christ, you don't break. It's not because you're exceptionally strong in and of yourself. You don't break. You know you're weak. And you don't act as if you can do it in your own strength. And the world is constantly telling you, look within. All those ridiculous Disney movies telling you, just find it in yourself. That's a lie that has been pressed upon generation after generation. It tells you to look within. The Bible says, look to Jesus. Look to him. God's law says you're guilty. God's law says you are deserving of hell. And the gospel, God's gospel, sets you free from the law of sin and death. And God's strength in Christ holds you at your weakest point. God's strength is most noticeable when, when your weakness is most recognized. And you know it. J.I. Packer put it this way, God uses chronic pain and weakness with other afflictions as his chisel for sculpting our lives. Your felt weakness deepens your dependence on Christ for strength, and the weaker you feel, the harder you lean on Christ. Psalm 60, verse 12 says, We, by our God, through our God, in his strength, shall do valiantly. It doesn't mean you go around, I'm the victor. No, it valiantly literally means strong. We shall be strong with God. It says, it is he who will tread down our foes. I think of the, the beautiful hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. A bulwark never failing. A bulwark is a, is a protective wall that doesn't fall down. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing, did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing, Christ Jesus. The strength you need comes from God the Spirit, not the flesh. And secondly, it comes through the Word of God, not your mind. I don't know how many Christians I've run into who say, Jesus, save me. Now, I'm going to figure this whole thing out on my own. And they go around and they give the impression that by their own ingenuity, by their own ideas, by their own wisdom, they can figure out the Christian life. And they crash and burn over and over again. The strength you need comes through the word of God, not your own mind. You need the sword of the spirit, the word of God. 
It is strong. It is authoritative. It is conscience-binding. It is inspired, inerrant, infallible. And all those words mean something. It means it's from God. And it's never going to lead you astray. And it will hold you up. When you feel especially weak, when you're tempted, you're in a valley, or maybe you're succeeding, maybe, maybe you're making progress, or, or maybe you're starting to stall. Don't get swept away in the thoughts of your presumed goodness. Well, I got this. Don't be infatuated by your successes if it came from you somehow. What happens with all of this? Your mind just runs wild in vain imaginations. Pick up a a biography. I love biographies of famous Christians. And you pick up a biography of a notable Christian. You start reading it. You get inspired. You say, I want to be like that. You start to live. You try to imitate them. Then you see how weak you are. Romans 12 tells us, don't, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be shaped into the mold of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. It happens by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. It doesn't happen through you figuring it all out in your mind. James says, we're born again by the living and abiding Word of God. It is strong. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's why you go into the book of Acts. It's describing all the things that God did through the early church. Acts 19.20, it says this, The word of God continued to increase and prevail mightily. You notice it didn't say that the Christians conquered the world. It doesn't say that. It says the word of God continued to increase and prevail mightily. What happens when the word of God, by the spirit of God, increases and prevails mightily? People are saved. People are sanctified. The church is strengthened. The witness is strong, strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You're like, if you're a believer today, Satan's power over you is broken, Christian. The war was won by Christ's sacrifice. The war was won by Christ's resurrection. He's conquered the power of sin and death and hell. And yet, temptation remains. The sword of the Spirit is necessary in your life to destroy every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. You know, sanctification takes strength that you do not have. Once Jesus saves you, his strength is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is your very life. Christ lives in you. And now... You become a believer. You Now you realize, now I can obey the word of God. I can do what God commands. It's like Augustine said, command what you will, Lord, and grant what you command. You, you have to give me the strength to do what you want me to do. And Philippians 2 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God is at work in you. To will and do his good pleasure. You work it out because God is working in you. And there's no temptation that you encounter that isn't common to man. And God is faithful. 
And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape also. And Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said it to the Father, your word is truth. You know, even as Jesus countered Satan's lies with truth, you take up the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, which is, as Hebrews 4.12 tells us, is quick and powerful. And it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Don't go in your own strength. You hear and obey the word. That's the means by which you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many people go to Bible studies over and over and over, and they just pile in all the knowledge, and it's like they walk out, and the the air conditioning's on, the windows are open, and it all just flies out. You got to, you know, some of your Bible studies, you might need to teach the same lesson Every single week for a while. Everyone's like, well, why are you doing that? Well, wait till, we're going to wait till you practice it. Well, wait till we start living this. Maybe I should keep preaching the same sermon every week. Preaching is a ministry of reminding. We, are, we grow by grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by the Spirit through the Word of God. Let's say that you um, say, I'm going to do uh, strength resistance training this year. I'm going to do a bunch of, I'm going to do 100 push-ups a day and all of that. It's interesting that when you make yourself weak, you get stronger. You recognize your weakness. You rely upon God's strength. Paul said this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because God's power is made perfect in my weakness. If I'm going to strut around and act like I'm strong, that's the surest recipe for a fall. Let him who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. You keep walking with Jesus. You keep walking with Scripture. And what happens? Oh, everything works out just the way I planned. No, you get blessed with more trials. And sometimes the hits keep coming. You're like, what's going on? Well, (laughs) I guess you need to know that you're still too self-focused and God's going to keep refining you. The hits keep coming. You don't understand why. Well, it's not because you're so great as a Christian. What if you're focused on a lie? What if you're focused on your identity all the time, your sexuality all the time, your ideology all the time? What if you're focused on what you think is right all the time and you push it on everybody? Here's what's going to happen. You will continue to be miserable. You will continue to be frustrated. And it's not going to be at your supposed enemies. It's going to be because of your sin. Your own sin. And only by yielding to God Almighty, only by turning from your sin and confessing your sins, can you be freed from that kind of slavery. Some of you are in slavery. Some of you are Christians and you're in slavery. And you're fighting with all your might with, against what is good and right. And all it gives you is further alienation from God and man. There's Christian commentators, social commentators that have observed what we know to be true. Tensions running very high between men and women right now. We see declines in marriage. We see declines in birth rate. We see declines in sex in marriage. And it's all related. If you're angry at God, you're going to be angry at man. And until you admit your fault, until you admit your sin, you will have no significant movement in the right direction. You need repentance. But God grants repentance, movement 
in the right direction towards God and away from sin. That's what you need. Don't manage your repentance and figure it all out. No, when you repent, you yield to the truth, and then you get swept along in a flood of God-given sorrow over your sin. And then you rejoice in Christ's righteousness. David, I think about when he, it says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. I would think that he remembered the word of God and the faithfulness of God, even though he had fallen so many times. You go back to that song, Mighty Fortress, and the third stanza says, Though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. And the next stanza begins this way. That word above all earthly powers abideth. The word of God. The grass withers, Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of our God stands forever. It's strong. You can trust it. And there's so many resources available to you today. But this year, more than any other year, I've noticed everybody saying, hey, I'm going to do this Bible plan and that Bible plan and this and that and the other. But the interesting thing about a lot of these Bible plans is they've got all these added accoutrements. They've got music. They've got commentary. And, 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 and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I want to encourage you to do what Jesus and the apostles did. They read the bare word of God. The bulk of their time was spent reading the bare word of God, not study Bibles. That you would read the Bible, that you would believe the Bible, and that you would obey the bare word of God and spend the bulk of your time hearing and doing what the word says. That's how change comes. That's how the strength comes. The strength you need comes from, from God the Spirit, not the flesh. And it comes through the word of God, not your mind. And thirdly, it comes... In the church, not alone. I don't know how many people are saying, no, I'm just going to do this alone. I don't want to be a bother to anybody, or you know, I don't need those losers. The strength you need comes in the church, not alone. You notice, and you look at Ephesians 3.20, and he's praying, and then he says this, this is, Praise to God. He says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. And we think so singular, and this is plural. He can do far more abundantly than all that we ask. He's talking to the church. He's talking to you and I together. And, and he's talking about the power at work within us, in every Christian, but also in the church. That the strength you need is the unity of the Spirit. You fast forward to Ephesians 4.3. The unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's where the strength you need lies. With your spiritual family. You traffic in truth, loved and lived. You exert all your energy in preserving the unity of the Spirit that, that has been granted. The Spirit granted the unity. It's like salt shaker. You know, you don't just put out one grain of salt at a time. It just, it just kind of sprinkles out. 
where this is together. This is God's glory seen in believers and their unity in Christ. This is what proclaims Christ's sovereignty. This is what proclaims Christ's lordship. We call him Lord? No, we must do what he says. And we witness to a watching world. He says, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. And not, oh, I love every Christian to the ends of the earth. Well, good. Love the ones right in front of you then. Prove it to me. Our unity invites the nations to come to Christ. Our unity tells the nations, Jesus changes lives. And disunity tells a whole different story. It plays a whole different reel. It just, it pulls out the rug from underneath the witness. It twists the gospel. It obscures the truth. It disinvites. It distorts the truth. And it calls our testimony into question. It makes God's name be blasphemed. Don't just talk about unity. Live it. The psalmist in Psalm 19, verse 14, is a good place to start. Here's a prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, what I say, what I think. Jesus said the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Yahweh, my strength, my redeemer. Hebrews 12 It talks about lifting drooping hands and strengthening weak knees and making straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. This is a group project. That's why it says in the very next verse, strive for peace with everyone and the holiness, literally the sanctification, without which no one will see the Lord. If you're not getting sanctified, you're not saved. Every Christian is getting sanctified right now, very painfully, very beautifully. If you go in your Bible to Romans 15, go to Romans 15. I want you to see some verses there. We're going to look at verses 1 to 7. Romans 15. The strength you need comes in the church, not alone. You don't make unity, you maintain it, secured by the bonds of peace, linked of a chain, forged in love. Look at these verses. Romans 15, verse 1, it says, We who are strong, interesting, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up, literally to bless him. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. He took our sins upon himself. Verse 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And then may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 7, Therefore, Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Christ welcomed you in spite of your sin. It's like that long string of lights I was talking about last week. No one sees the cable, they see the lights, but the cable is the strength. 
And Ecclesiastes 4 tells us a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Hebrews 1 tells us God holds all things together by the word of his power. Ephesians 1.11 tells us that God works all things after the counsel of his will. And what you see over and over again is the Christian life is not meant to be lived solo, but lived in community with like-minded believers. In 2 Corinthians 1, Paul tells of persecution that came their way to a group of Christians to the point that they despaired of life. He said, we were so utterly pushed down that we even despaired of life. And then he said this, and that was so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. When you bleed together, you're bound together. You love the people God loves. You, you live together in unity. You testify together. You, you gather for worship. You, you let yourself be cared for. You care for others. You help each other be holy. You know in Philippians 4.13 where it, it, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know how many Christians take that and go, I can do this all by my, I don't need the church. I can be, do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They rip it out of context. He says, I can do all things. That literally is the word for be strong. I can have strength. I can endure plenty and want through Christ who strengthens me, literally who put the power in me. And Christ is in the Christian. His strength empowers you. But don't take that out of context. The next verse, he says to the church, you're in partnership with me in the gospel. This is what the church does. The church is strong in plenty and in want through Christ who strengthens us. You should pray for the church's strength. In James 5.16 it says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In Colossians 4.12 you see the name Epaphras. When was the last time you thought about Epaphras. Epaphras, Paul says, one of you, a servant of the church in Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers for you all, that you may stand mature, literally that you may stand strong, fully assured in all the will of God. Together. I'm thankful to be surrounded by God-honoring friends. Point me to Jesus. Pray for me. Hold me accountable even at, at, the, at the core. It is very important for you to find friends that are godly, not ungodly. There's a lot of your life you cannot control, but you choose your friends. Don't come up and go, oh, no, they forced themselves upon me. They made me their friends. You have to give serious thought to who you spend your time with and who is speaking into your ear and who you're sharing your heart with, and who you are influenced by. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. And if yours have been ruined, you need to repent. You show me your friends, I'll show you your character. You show me your friends, it reveals your character. Instead of nursing the hurts and gossiping and doing the flesh-pleasing, you know, ruinous pursuits, no, you need to be with people who are praising the glories of God's grace and pointing each other to Christ 
and processing everything through a biblical grid, you know, like a food processor, straining all the bad stuff out. You have the, the right priorities. Jesus first, the word, prayer, right theology, the church, holiness, missions. You know, I think of when Jonathan encouraged David, reminding each other of the goodness of God. But the flesh tells you, keep it to yourself. Keep it between you and God. But the Spirit says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. You need the strength of the Lord and you need his strength through his people. The strength that is found when you're seated lovingly and humbly and dependently at the feet of Jesus together with your family in Christ, like we're doing now. You know, you study in Scripture the doctrine of God's omnipotence, his, his being all-powerful. And you see, he's all-powerful. He's, he's able to do far more than we could ask or think. And, and you can't quantify that strength, but it's in greater measure than you could ever imagine and it's hard to, 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 to measure on a spiritual scale, but God strengthens the believer in the church immeasurably in ways that you might not be aware of. In Ephesians 1, it tells us that the church is, is blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, with every faculty, every gift, every talent, every enabling that God intends for, for, for you to have. And what you find out as you study God's omnipotence and you think on it, it gives you reassurance. Omnipotence breeds reassurance. I think of Joshua chapter 1. God is reassuring, you know, trembling, uneasy, post-Moses Joshua. And what does he say to him? Only be strong and courageous. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it day and night. He's telling him, I will be with you always. My word will guide you. Stick together. Matthew 28. Resurrected Jesus. Reassuring his timid and fearful, recommissioned uh, sinner disciples. And he says, you go and make disciples. You baptize them. You teach them. I'm with you always. How about you today, Christian? You who might be in a valley, you who might be, you know, riding the highest wave, God reassures you today. God reassures you. He says, I'm with you. My word will guide you. Stick together. He will grant you the strength you need by his spirit, through his word, in his church, for his glory. And you just cling to Christ. Cling to Christ. Hide in him. I love Isaiah 40 that says this, The Lord, Yahweh, is the everlasting God, creator of the heavens and the earth. He will not grow weary or tired. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those 
who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You wake up. You think, when's nap time? That was me this morning. I woke up this morning. I thought, when do I get to take a nap? Deuteronomy 33, 25 says this. I love this verse. As your days, this is God's promise, as your days, so shall your strength be. God will give you everything you need when you need it. Every day he grants you. As your days, so shall your strength be. Spurgeon said this of this verse, my dear friends, if you and I had been without trouble, we never could have had such a promise as this given to us. But we bless God that we are weak because it makes room for the display of his own invincible strength in fulfilling such a promise as this. God will give you the strength you need when you need it. You trust him for strength. You're not always going to feel it, but it will be faithfully provided to these walking ashes who are looking to the Almighty who gave us life. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you that the strength to live is from you, your spirit, not our flesh. It's through your word, not our minds. It's in your church, not alone. Correct us, comfort us. In Christ, we have the strength we need, and Lord, we trust you to give what we need when we need it for our good and your glory. And we pray in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Let's close singing together in response as we worship the Lord. We'll sing the song, Sovereign. Sovereign in the mountain air, sovereign on the ocean floor, with me in the calm, with me in the storm. Sovereign in my greatest joy, sovereign in my deepest cry, with me at the dark, with me at the dawn. In your everlasting arms, all the pieces of my life, from beginning to the end, I can trust you. In your never-failing love, you work everything for good. God, whatever comes my way, I can trust you. Sovereign in the mountain air, sovereign on the ocean floor, with me in the calm, with me in the storm. Sovereign in my greatest joy, sovereign in my deepest cry, with me at the dark, with me at the dawn. In your everlasting arms, all the pieces of my life from beginning
to the end I can trust you in your never failing love you work everything for good God whatever comes my way I can trust you all my hopes all I need held in your hands all my life all of me held in your hands all my fears all my dreams held in your hands all my hopes all i need held in your hands all my life all of me held in your hands all my fears all my dreams held in your hands in your everlasting arms all the pieces of my life from beginning to the end i can trust you in your never failing love you work everything for good god whatever comes my way i can trust you god whatever comes my way i can trust you few announcements before we go. Uh, we're going to be affirming new deacons by the membership uh, the weekend of January 12th. We have the Karis Women's Conference on the 26th. Lots of upcoming missions opportunities that you can be a part of. Go check out the missions table on the plaza. Uh, we got the winter and spring calendar out. And if you need information about Grace, we've got the Sunday handout. And you can sign up on the QR code for the Tuesday and Friday emails as well. And right now, I want to invite Ashley Ortlip to come up. I want you to see who you'll be praying for uh, for the next few months. And Ashley is going to um, Pretoria, South Africa uh, this coming Tuesday. She'll be there until March 30th. And uh, we've had a lot of people go there. One of my own kids and others have been there. And right now, uh, Bethany Ma is still there. So they're going to overlap until Bethany comes home on the, second of, uh, on the, on the 8th. Of February, and so you get to serve together, and we can be praying for you. This is who you're praying for, all right? Pray for 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 Ashley as well as Bethany, who who's still there, okay? So um, as we close, Second Thessalonians two sixteen and seventeen, and now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them, strengthen them in every good work and word. And Lord, we thank you for this time today. Thank you, Lord, for your strength, even in our weakness. Lord, we pray for Ashley. We pray that you give her strength as she goes and serves. Give her uh, great travel and interactions with others. And if she joins the, as she joins the team there, Lord, uh, bind their hearts together. And thank you, Lord, for her willingness to go and to share her life uh, with others. Uh, we pray for Bethany as well as she continues on there. And thank you, Lord, for uh, your strength. And we pray that you would send us now uh, in your strength and for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sovereign in the mountain air, sovereign on the ocean floor. We
with me and 